Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I'm going to talk about something I believe is a timely message and something that I, I, it's so vital for us to understand when it comes to uh, being a follower of Jesus, and that is what we see right here being under attack. Now, in this day and age, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can list as being under attack. And what I want to do is I want to look at what the Bible shows us concerning this, because it is a question that many, many believers, they, they, they ask themselves, they ask other people, why me? How come me? Or one of the favorites, where was, where's God? Where's God at in this? And so it's something that really affects us in our walk because it's a question we're asking and usually we don't have right answers. We want an answer. We want, we want to uh, hear reasons. But the, but the truth is, is, is when, when you're really going, you know, where's God or why God, it's, it's almost you're establishing what you really believe about him. And that's what I want to do is I want to get us to believe correctly, right? Doesn't the Bible say rightly dividing the word of truth? Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at, I believe, the truth that will set you free in this area because, you know, it's, it's crystal clear. Uh, you read Ephesians chapter 6, 11, it says that uh, we warfare against the enemy, the, the wiles of the devil. It goes on to say that we put on our armor, talking military terms about a battle. The scripture is very clear. It says that we are, a fight, we are to fight a good warfare. So the life that we live is filled with battles. And please understand, I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm talking about life. You cannot look out there in the world or even say, before I was a Christian, I never had battles. I never had attacks. I never had warfare. Yeah, you did. Everybody has, and everybody's been through the fire. So becoming a believer in Jesus isn't the day you started having battles in your life. Now, you did open up something that you never saw before, and that is the fight against the flesh and the spirit or the nature, the old nature, and your new nature. I mean, they're contrary. They're battling against each other all the time. And, and many of you, you know this. You might not um, realize it in the place of you're paying attention to it, but you know it's there. You know it's there. Start trying to do something good. Start, start trying to change a bad habit, and you're going to find out where the war is. You thought it was your wife, husband, kids, neighbor. It ain't. It start right away. Right away you start fighting. And, and it's, it's so weird how it takes place. And you're, you're sitting there going, but I'm trying to do good. Why would I have to go through this? And, and that's a question a lot of Christians ask. And it's because of lack of understanding, ignorance of the word, or bad teaching about God. And I want to set it straight. I want God to be taught correctly in his word correctly so that we don't get caught up in the enemy's lies or deceptions. It's very clear. Jesus said this, and he doesn't lie. 
Anybody believe Jesus lies? Bends the truth? No, I believe he flat out speaks truth. I believe he is truth. Amen? And so Jesus said, I have come, and he establishes why he's come, to give abundant life. That's what I've come. I've come to give everyone God life, Zoe life. The devil has come, steal, kill, and destroy. Anything you want to find out as far as who's at fault, steal, kill, and destroy, devil, good God, all right? Still kill and steal, still kill and destroy, devil, good God. If you read anything in the, those stealing, killing, destroying, do not put God's name in there. Don't put the name of Jesus in there. Realize it is a devil. He's a mean, ugly, nasty devil. And he hates you. Period. You, y'all look at me like. So we have to look at the truth. Because this truth is what's going to set you free. All right? And so we're going to get in this truth and we're going to understand, listen. Hey, attacks are going to come and they come when you're out of the will of God and they come when you're in the will of God. I remember going on my uh, a missions trip. This was the second one I was on and we got, it was a battle just to get on this trip. It just seemed like everything was against us. Then we got, we got there to get transferred to the, from the airport to the place where we're going to be. Both buses break down. And I heard out of the mouth of Christians, because we were with another group, this must be God's will. We're not supposed to be here. That's what I heard. And I heard then I thought, why would that be our first assumption that something bad happens, we're not supposed to be here? And I, and I really, when I heard that, you know, inside I was like going, that, that's a crazy statement, but it was another church. So I wasn't going to stand up and go, false doctrine, false doctrine. I, you know, I, it's, it's another church. And, and when our church goes to places with other, and, and we get around other churches, I'm telling you right now, our church looks at things and goes, man, they don't believe the way we believe. And you can see it in how there's reactions, how they act, what their focus is on. I'm not saying that our church is perfect or young people are perfect, though they're close to perfect. You know, that's what a dad would say, right? Some of you parents, you should have went, yes, amen. But you didn't say nothing. When I said your kids are perfect, you looked at me like, hey, who are you talking to? At least our church is real, right? Right now, I'm thinking of a parent just right now ready to backslap. You ain't perfect. Better get your life right. So the thing is, is, is when, when you hear things like that, it's sort of like, it's, it, it's something you hear, but it's something that a lot of us believe. Because I've heard this for years. I've heard people for years say statements like that. Well, if it was God's will, why isn't it happening? And if God told you, Pastor, how come, it has, how, how come it didn't take place yet? I've heard these. I've heard these statements for years. And I, in here, I, I feel for them because I know they don't know the Bible. They, they, know, they don't know Scripture. Because Scripture is filled with this. You even start reading the New Testament with common sense, you'll see 
It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work. God said this, next day it happens. God said this, next day it happens. If you're doing something good for God, I guarantee you, you're going to get attacks. Now, if you're out of the will of God, you'll get attacks. But the problem is, is that's because of your choices. People get financial attacks because they, they, they buy an $80,000 $80, car, but they can only afford a $30,000. And so they're under financial attack. Are you guys hearing? It happens all the time. People are always buying bigger than what they can afford. So their outflow is greater than inflow, which will mean destruction. Economics 101. Everybody should know that. But people don't live by that because there's a special thing. This special thing that was created out of plastic. The credit card. And they give the commercials of American Express or Visa, MasterCard, and I can do anything I want because I have this. And they're flying and they're the Caribbean because it's all free. Watch, got my ticket, it's free until the payment comes due. And so we, we get caught up in a lot of bad decisions and the tax come. Isn't that true? You, you make a decision. I, I man, I know I shouldn't, but I'm going to go hang out with you. And something bad happens. Yeah, I don't, I, there's so many sad stories. So many difficult stories I could share with you concerning people that they knew they shouldn't do it and ended up doing it. And I mean, death, um, just tremendous physical pain, mental pain, different things I can tell you about people that followed through with something they knew they shouldn't have and it, and it affected their lives in such a negative way. And that's a sad, I don't want that. I don't want that for us. I want us to mature and become men and, men, of, men and women of God that operate in the wisdom of God. So we're not making decisions because, you know, the, the person down the street made one. Or the person we work with, you know, lives this way or goes the, these places. And all of a sudden, to keep, because of our image, we want to keep up with other people. And we make bad decisions, which ultimately will be negative consequences. And I don't want us to be in that position. I want us winning. Winning in life, amen? All of us winning in life. Because, listen, you... You can't look out there and say, economy will be up all the time. I see and hear people do that. They're making decisions. They don't understand. Economy forever has always been like this. Always. It's, it's, it's never straight up and continue straight up. There's no such thing as that. I don't care what country you live in. Now, we're blessed to be in this country. But right now, it's not, it's, it's, there's a war going on. There's difficult times. So what do we do? Well, we operate in wisdom. We, we don't run from God. We run to him. We got to be closer in. Not when all hell breaks loose and then we're going, oh, Jesus. It's like I tell people all the time. I want to fix the Band-Aid problem, not open heart surgery. Don't wait to your marriage. Don't wait to issues in your life become where we got to open up the heart and work on it. That's very difficult and very hard to turn around. But if you've got a cut, a little, you know, a little, you know, rip here, a little broken here, we can take, we can fix that. It's not this mega emergency where you're laying on the table and could die in whatever situation you're in. 
And we're living in a life that's given. There's so many opportunities to screw up. So many opportunities to make a wrong decision. Listen, I don't want you to be in fear. I want you to realize, listen, we can get up every morning and believe God to, to, to make those decisions correctly. Why? Because we're not going to be quick, quick to speak. We're going to be slow to speak and quick to hear, right? We're going we're gonna to let it play out. We're going we're gonna to research and, and make sure this is the right thing to do. We're going to seek counsel. We're going to find wisdom, amen? I believe in it. I believe in counsel. When I need help in areas I don't understand, I seek counsel. I am not a fool, according to Proverbs. I'm not a fool. I'm going to seek counsel so that I can get information, get understanding. But ultimately, guess what? I got to make that decision either way. I got to make the decision either way. Amen. I mean, you can't make it for me, but, you know, some of you and your expertise, you know, it, it, it helps. It helps a lot. You know, I got, I got, you know, two teen boys and I have great knowledge of scripture, great understanding of the word, great understanding of life. But man, when it comes to iPhones, stuff like that, I'm like, you know, I'm a noob. You know, I get owned all the time. And so I go to them and, and I, I trust in their understanding. I trust in their knowledge. So I have to allow what they know to help in the selling of using the iPhone, which rarely gets used. I talk on it, and there'll be texting on it, but that's about it. And it can do so much more. That's what I heard. I mean, literally could do movies like Hollywood on my iPhone. What? I could take a picture here and there. It's a little jerky sometimes. Whatever. The point is, is what we have to do is we have to go, you know what? Why continue the path that I've always been on? Let's, let's operate in, in more of an understanding that life is, is rough out there. There's difficulties out there. Yeah, some of you young people, you know, you're going through life all, 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 all cool right now and everything's smooth sailing. You know, you have your, you know, your hiccups of this friend doesn't like me or this person said this about me. You know, you have those little things like that. Maybe some of you might be dealing with some more difficult things like that. In this day and age, I wouldn't doubt it. But either way, you're not paying all the bills and having to work to pay all the bills. Do you hear what I'm saying? In other words, your time's going to come when things are going to get more intense. So right now is the best place to do is, is to learn. And parents should be in teaching mode to show them how to overcome, not how to scream louder. Ah! More bills. Ah! How are we going to live? Ah! We're never, we can't. That, that's not what we should be showing our kids, Right? But a lot of times we are. You know why? Because we've made too many bad decisions. But we're going to turn it around today. We're going to turn it around. Now, what I want to talk about mainly tonight, to this morning, is, is when it comes down to doing God's will, when it comes down to, you know what, I'm, I'm going to start serving. I'm going to start being faithful. I'm going to start being obedient. And when you start doing that, guarantee you, you're going to be challenged. And that's the thing I don't want us to wake up in the morning and go, where'd this come from? I want you to have the wisdom and knowledge of, oh yeah, I know what this is about, but it ain't going to stop me. Right. Ain't going to stop me. And this is what we're going to learn this morning. Okay. So we got 
Three danger zones we need to recognize. Three danger zones we need to recognize. Number one, the enemy. The enemy. The enemy, according to Revelations 12.10, is the accuser of the brethren day and night. The devil is, I know it sounds weird, but he's constantly in God's throne room accusing us. Isn't that crazy? He, he's constantly in accusation mode. Now you'd think that, you know, God would sit there and just backhand him in the head, you know, bam. But see, there's, there's a process of God in who he is, the sovereignty of God and his place of establishing how things operate. He doesn't, he, he won't change. He's perfect. So the enemy, because of Adam, got all the keys of this earth as far as being God of this world. And being out of this world doesn't mean he's stuck to this. He's still in the supernatural. He's in the spirit realm. So that connection with heaven is, is right there in the spirit realm. And so he continues to accuse, accuse, accuse. And Jesus continues to pray, to pray, to pray. He prays for us. He stands in faith for us. He speaks the word for us. And that's what Jesus is doing to the Father. And the father looks down and all he does is see through the lens of Jesus what he did for you. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Understand this. When God sees you, he sees Jesus. And that's a difficulty for most of us because we don't see that. But it's not about how you see it in the sense of what is real. It's how God sees it, which should become your truth, your understanding. You do this Everybody in here, you start seeing yourself the way God sees you. I promise you, I promise you, your outlook and your ability to see yourself will become so much different than right now. You, you will start valuing yourself in a greater way. And that value, that putting value, you put value on yourself increases, increases the, the ability of success in your life, I, I, I can't even put, put a percentage. It just, it skyrockets in your ability to have better in life. I don't care how old or how young you are, but it starts with your ability to see yourself the way God does. That's the first and foremost thing. John 10, 10, again, says the thief comes, but still kill and destroy. 1 Peter 5, 8 says the enemy is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So the devil is out there. He's looking. He's trying to see, are you going to quit? Are you going to start grumbling? Are you start complaining? Are you start throwing fit? Are things not working your way? And you right away let everybody know they're not working your way. Are you a sore loser in life? I mean, you start, you start opening up the negative, the devil, he's like going, oh, okay, I can go over there. I can go over there. There's someone whining and crying. The point is, is the enemy is listening. And he's listening to, are you wounded? You might be thinking it has to be so, you know, some terrible thing. It could be just you speaking evil, speaking negative. And what we want to do is we want to do what is right for our lives as followers of Jesus. The second is, is people that are used to the devil. First is the devil. The second danger zone are people used by the devil. Psalms 42, verse 3. This is David. 
going through the thing. David went through so much bad. I mean, he was called up to be king. He's a little shepherd boy, redheaded in Israel. That's messed up, all right? How many redheads do you see in Israel? And this guy was light-skinned, fair, freckled, they say. Just this young shepherd boy, and he gets called up king. So now he's in this place of literally by the prophet being called king, and now he's living a life that is anti-king. And the person that is king wants to kill him. So he's going through hell. He's going through the worst attacks, the worst attacks. And in here, he's going to talk about this. He says, my tears have been my food day and night. <laughs> my tears have been my food day and night. I mean, the, have you ever cried so much that, you know, it's just like it's going in your mouth? <laughs> yeah. He says, my tears have been my food day and night. While they, while they continually say to me, where's your God? If you're, where's your God at? Why, if this is happening, where's your God? If this is going wrong in your life, where's your God? He said, who's saying that? They saying it. They, they continue to say, where's your God? Where's your God? Psalms 42, nine. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemy reproaches me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Notice how people love when you're going to church, you're a Christian now, you read the Bible and things happen to you. What's the first thing they start saying? Yeah, what's your Christianity now? Where's your God now? Well, I, thought, I thought, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus at? And there's going to be a rip, an attack against you, just like they did back here in the Old Testament. Where's your God? Where's your God? Are you guys hearing me? That's what David had to go through, and that's what we have to go through, especially when you start making a stand. Number three, the third danger that we need to recognize, listening to yourself listening to yourself. Are you guys hearing me? This is, you, you think, you talk about the devil? You talk about people being used to the devil? Why you talk about me now? Why you talk, what do you mean, listen to me? See, that's a problem. We've, we believe or we've assumed that we're supposed to listen to ourselves. And that is the, the worst thing you can do. You need to let, recognize that your responsibility in life is to speak to yourself, not listen to yourself. You speak to yourself. Amen? Speak to yourself. Psalms 42, 4, this is David again. He says, my tears have been my food day and night, while they continue to say to me, where's your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. Listen to him. He starts crying. He starts throwing a fit. He starts whining. I listen to my soul and I remember and God. And then he goes, for I used to go with the multitude to church. Then I used to sing praises with God. What's happened? He's listening to himself. Woe is me. If God was with you, why is this happening? And if God called you king, why are you being chased everywhere? And that's what the enemy wants to do is he wants to always question God with you. And if you start listening to him, you're going to do the same. Where are you, God? Oh, God, I'm going to this God. 
And you sound just like that. Are you guys hearing? So the key to victory over all these, over all three of them, is, is speak the word of God over your life. Speak God's word over your life. Speak what God says over your life. Don't speak what other people say over your life. Don't whine and throw fits about your life. Speak what God's word says about your life. Are you hearing? Speak what God's word says about your life. David answers his, his question of what's taking place in listening to himself. And he says, why are you discouraged, my soul? Listen to what he just did. He said, he hears his soul going, this is not working and it's not works anymore. And then he stopped himself and said, why are you talking that way? Why are you talking that way? Then he commands himself, put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. Then he says this, I'm going to start praising him. I'm going to praise him. He is my savior and my God. He does what? He lists himself out the pity party of woe is me. It's just terrible. Things are terrible and nothing ever works. And why am I in this place? And why did this happen? I promise you, I promise you right now, nothing's going to change. It's going to get worse for you. So that whining and throwing fit and crying and, 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 and speaking to God that way isn't going to fix you. Think you're going to convince God like you're convincing someone you know? You never pay for lunch. You pay for lunch sometime. Okay, I will. Quit crying. And see, you take that to God. I'm telling you, this is what people do all the time. How do you, Pastor, how do you know these things? Because I used to do it. I was a champion of whining. That was before I knew what God's word says. I was taught by champion whiners growing up in the Christian faith. Amen? Amen. So David says, no, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him. You know what I was saying here? Bless the Lord on my soul and all of this within me. Bless his holy name. I speak over myself every day like this. I say, you'll bless the Lord. You'll bless the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's what I say. I speak this out every day. Hopefully you do, because you've been hearing me for years say this, and I tell everybody, you need to be talking this way. You need to get up every morning and talk that way. Yeah, but no buts. Get your butt out of here. And keep it in here, but don't get, out, get the butt word out of here. Amen? That's what we need to do. We need to speak it over our lives. Speak it over our lives. People, I... I've told, especially young people, I've told many young people, they want to know, how do I get it? How do I walk this? How do I change? How do I become stronger? I say, what are you talking? How do you talk in the morning? How do you talk? And I guarantee you they don't talk anything about what they want to become or what they want to accomplish or how they want to change. They talk mainly no talk or negative. And I start, change your talk. Start changing your talk. Start speaking yourself in a different language than you're used to hearing. Start saying, this is what I'm not about. I'm a winner. I'm not going to succumb to what other people do because my image isn't strong. I have a strong image. Jesus died for me. I'm valuable. You start speaking that way. You know, it, listen, it ain't going to happen overnight, but I guarantee you, you're going to get change. 
You're going to get changed. If you, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You will be a statistic and you'll become just like the world because it's going to manipulate you and you'll talk that way and you try to act that way because we need to become part of the culture. And that's what people do all the time. I'm going to tell you right now, and you guys know, you know this from me saying this, you will be a statistic. It's going to be a choice you make. I can't make the choice for you, but I can give you an opportunity or another alternative, and that's what I'm doing right now. Everybody in here, I'm not just talking about young people, I'm talking about everybody in here. How are you speaking? We need to speak right, amen? I want to look at Paul real quick. Paul is, he's amazing. He's amazing because he's not Jesus. He's amazing because he came from pure, pure religion at the highest level. And he's operating in a life that everybody in here would love to become like. I'm I'm talking about Paul. I mean, amazing, amazing, amazing apostle. And he's, he's made an impact through the will of God and his destiny, and God used him to do most of the New Testament. I mean, that's, that's powerful, very powerful. And he wasn't on the dream team, you know? You take, well, minus Judas, but he was still on that team, right? He was on that team. I mean, you're always going to have some losers on a, on a good team. I mean, they're always going to be one. But listen, he, he lived a life that was an amazing life, but he talks to uh, the churches just flat out straight. And he tells them things like, you know, I want to come to you. I want to be there. I want to help you. But I've been hindered. I like what he says in, in Thessalonians chapter one, first uh, Thessalonians chapter two. He says, he goes, I want to come to you. And, and listen how he says this. I, I wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, Now watch this. I wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, but Satan hindered us. Now, it's so important to read and pay attention to everything that is spoken. Not gloss over it or read through it like you're reading a novel, but pay attention. It's a living word. It'll change your life. So he says this. He goes, I wanted to come to you, even I, Paul. Why would you put that? Because he's saying, Y'all know I'm apostle. You all, y'all know I'm pastoring churches. I'm making an impact. And he's saying, even a super apostle, he's not calling himself there, but he's saying, even a super apostle can be hindered by the devil. Isn't that amazing? The word hinder in the Greek word literally means to break up a road so bad that you cannot continue down it. It's, it's making an impasse. It's putting up a barrier. And that's what he said. The devil put up such a big barrier, we couldn't get there. We couldn't get there. There are times when Paul says, the devil kicked us out through his attacks. Is that crazy? But Paul lived this life that was totally on this warfare edge. Uh, he was constantly being in attacked mode. He's getting attacked. He's getting beaten. He's getting thrown in prison. He's been shipwrecked three times. Shipwrecked doesn't mean, oh, the boat miner stopped. Shipwrecked means you're shipwrecked. 
and you're going to go swimming today in an ocean, in a storm that caused the shipwreck. Are you guys listening to me? So this guy, this guy, man, lived this life filled with adventure. But my t- I'm telling you, he, he, we got to pay attention to him. So we're going to look at what it says in, in the word of God. Acts chapter 23, 11. It's a story that you are going to love. Paul's been called of God to do something. And this is what we're going to see. It says the following night, the Lord stood by him. Jesus stood by Paul. He said, be of good cheer, Paul. For you have testified for me in Jerusalem. You must bear witness of me at Rome. Jesus is telling Paul, you're going to go to Rome. You're going to go to Caesar and you're going to witness to him. That's the word of Jesus to Paul. Now, we're talking about years before he even can start going that way. But that's what he's telling Paul right now. He's giving him a vision, a destiny. So, <laughs> you ready for this? After that beautiful statement from Jesus, Paul hears, guess what happens? The scripture says, 40 men took an oath, said, we will not drink and we will not eat till we kill Paul. Paul. You're going to go to Rome and you're going to witness and testify me. We're going to kill him. We're going to get him and kill him. We're going to stop his head. We're going to see his guts fly. We're going to kill him. We're going to kill him. And these 40 guys went to the Jews, the, went to the, the priest, the high priest, and all the religious, the, the religious hierarchy and said, we're going to kill Paul. We're going to kill Paul. And they're like going, oh, we've been trying so much. We want him dead too. Let's kill him. And they, brought, they got a plan. They conspired to do it. And they said, we're going to do this. We'll wait till Paul is going through the street to be moved to another place. We're going to attack and we're going to kill him. The problem was Paul's sister, her son, Paul's nephew, somehow he heard about it. Is that crazy? Did you even know Paul had a sister? But Paul's nephew runs to Paul and says, hey, they're going to kill you. There's 40 guys. They got an oath. They're going to kill you, Paul. And Paul says, go tell the centurion. And he goes and tells the centurion. And he says, what? What's going to happen? And he tells us, this is what's going to happen. So the centurion starts going, oh, no, it ain't going to happen. So he starts working on Paul's behalf and they protect him. I mean, they get this massive army and take Paul around. And they're like going, oh, that's no fair army against us 40. And so what happens is, is Paul is on this destiny where people are wanting to kill him. Literally kill him. And so now he's in a place where he's, he's before the governor and the governor's going, well, let me hear what these guys have to say. They, they, want, they want to kill you. They want you to die for your treason against the Jewish state. So they come in, they start trash talking and the governor's like going, you ain't saying nothing as far as evidence against him. You, you all lying right now. Now he didn't say that, but he said it in a way where there's no proof. Everything you're saying has no proof. And he says, Paul, what do you say? And he stands up and starts talking. He starts talking truth. Man, I came here. I went to the temple. I just, I, I've been praying. I've been speaking, you know, the, the word. I, I haven't done anything. And they're like going, you haven't. You haven't done anything wrong. So 
Paul's in this place where they're getting freaked out. They want to kill Paul. And now the governor's like going, what am I going to do? So he goes to King Agrippa. And he says, listen, Paul's having this issue. I want you to come. We need to take care of this. So now he's before King Agrippa. He's in a position. Oh, by the way, I just fast forward it. All right. Festus was the governor. Now there's Felix, the governor. Paul's been in this place for two years. See how I say he went scripture verse to verse and two years pass. That's why you can't read the Bible that way. So what happens is, is, is here's Paul, two years. Didn't Jesus say, you go to Rome? And now he's been there for two years. Now there's a change in governorship. So he now calls Agrippa. They take care of this. Paul goes, listen, they said, what do you want to do, Paul? He says, I want to go before Caesar. And they said, we could have set you free. We could have set you free. You're not, you're not guilty. But now that you said you want to go to Caesar, you got to go to Caesar. And Paul's going, yes, I'm going to Caesar. He's already, he's focused in. I'm going to Rome. I am going to Rome. I'm going to Rome, baby. And now he's going to Rome and he doesn't have to pay. The government's going to take him. It's all inclusive. It's a cruise ship to Rome. I mean, we know he's a prisoner, but hey, I don't have to pay for it. So the point is, is this, is now he's on this process and we get to chapter 28, uh, 27. And it says that we started on the trip. We get in the boat, we get on the, we get on the ship and we're on our way to Rome. He's on the ship on the way to Rome. I'm fulfilling my destiny. I told everybody, Jesus said, you're going to Rome. Now it's been a few years, but here I am. And he's all excited. Why? Because on the ship, he's sailing to Rome. Isn't that awesome? He's going to fulfill God's destiny. And what's the scripture say? He sailed for many days and it was not smooth sailing. The winds were against him the whole time. So now he's on a ship where it's constant warfare, just sailing. And the Bible, and the Bible shows us that it's just, it's a warfare of just the wind. He's constantly in a place where th this ship ain't going to make it. So the centurion and the Roman guard that were with him and the other slaves, they pull into another port and they get on an Egyptian grain ship. Now, the Egyptian grain ship, they go to Rome. They had a deal with Rome to, to provide grain and Rome would provide things for Egypt. And so this Egyptian ship says, yeah, we're going to Rome and it's a bigger ship. So the, so the centurion, which is, you know, he's top, top in the military. He says, we're going with you. We're getting on this ship and you're going to take us. And they go, yeah, we will. We're going to take you. So they get on that ship and now they're on this Egyptian grain ship going to Rome and everything seems good now because, hey, it was rough at first, but now we're on a bigger ship. Now we're on a bigger ship. And this is what's happening. Now what happens is Acts 27, 9, it says, we've lost so much time because of all the things that have been taking place. He says, sailing was now dangerous. Now what's happening is, is they're going from the fall, they're going to early fall into the dangerous part of the Mediterranean Sea. 
And the dangerous part of the Mediterranean Sea was in, in the months of October and November where typhoons would take place. These were typhoons. These storms would destroy ships. And we're, talking, we're not talking about steel cruise liners. We're talking about wooden boats, wooden ships. And they destroy ships. And here Paul's going to Rome in the midst of hurricane season. All right? Hurricane season. Now think about this. So it says, their sailing is now dangerous, and Paul advises them. Listen to what he says. He says, men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss. Now, what's happening? The word perceived is, is, is the Greek word for perception through past experience. See, some of you have been through so much past experience that you see something ahead of you and it, and it looks like what that past experience produced. And you're like going, nah, I got wisdom on this one. Paul's been shipwrecked three times already, three times. So he's like going, ah, yeah, I've seen this before, guys. Listen, take it from me. I'm telling you right now, this is not the right choice. Not the right choice. So it says, he he perceived and he told them, it's going to be bad. You're going to, you're going to lose, you're, you're, you're not going to lose, you're going, not only going to lose your cargo, which you're taking to Rome, you're going to lose the ship and also the lives, our lives. He says, don't do it. Now watch what happens. Acts 27, 11. However, the officer was persuaded by what the pilot and the owner of the ship said and not what Paul said. You ever done something where you're like going, no, this ain't a good idea, not a good idea. And everybody around you is going, nah, dude, we do it all the time. We do it all the time. You're going to get in trouble. You, don't do it. You already know it's a bad decision. Don't do it. Amen. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know it isn't not going to work. That perception is important. Pay attention to it. Amen. Pay attention to it. And so he, the, the, the owner's like going, no, no, because he's going to lose money. You stop this grain ship, I lose cash. So he's going, no, it's okay. It's all right. Wind's blowing him all over the place. He's going, no, no, it's good. It will be fine. The pilot, he's the one, he's the main driver of the ship. He gets the most amount of money. They're both in league with each other. Nah, cash is king, cash is king. That's what's going on right now. Paul's going, not a good decision, not a good decision. They desire, let's go ahead and do it. They were in a harbor that was not a good place to spend winter. Most of the men decided, let's sail, with, let's sail, let's do it. They hoped to reach the city of Phoenix. Yeah, we, we had an ocean at one time, just to let you know. <laughs> On the other side of Camelback's Phoenix, you know, Paul was planning to come this area. Anyway, they hoped to reach the city of Phoenix somehow and spend the winter there. See, we're, we're talking about this is a bad time to go. When the south wind blew softly, so they're sitting there going, okay, we can do this, and, and now let's go for it. We can do it. All of a sudden, it's a soft wind. And now they're going, oh, man, it ain't bad outside. Nothing's going to happen. This is perfect. We got the wind we want. South wind blew softly. They, supposedly, they've obtained their desire they put out to sea and sailed close to Crete. But not long after that, a temp tempestuous headwind arose. That is where we get the Greek word typhoon. A typhoon. 
rose up, called, they even name it, Eurolachadon. They named this thing, which literally means raging, attacking water that feels and surges. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew the name. They knew the typhoon time period. Everybody, everybody knew you don't sail during this time. Paul says, we, are, we don't need to be sailing right now. We, we, we shouldn't sail. Now watch what happens. Acts 27, 15. The wind carried the ship away. We couldn't sail against the wind. We couldn't do anything. So we were carried along by the wind. As we drifted to the sheltered side of a small island called Cadia, we barely got control of the ship's lifeboat. Then men pulled it up on deck. Then they passed ropes under the ship to reinforce it, fearing that they would hit the large sandbank off the shores of Libya. They lowered the sail and were carried along in the wind. These people literally are in, are in the mercy of this storm to where they took large ropes, wrapped them around the ship. They're trying to keep the boards from coming apart. Now think about this. Think about Paul. He's on this ship. I'm going to Rome. I'm going to Rome. And they're in the middle of a typhoon. He just said, we're all going to die. We do this. We're all going to die. That's what he's saying. This is what's going to happen. This ain't a good place to be. And, and, and look what it says. He says, he goes, fearing they would hit the large sandbags, they tossed things off. They continued to be tossed so violently by the storm, they began to throw cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's equipment overboard. They're tossing everything. They're trying to lighten the ship, make it easier to stay on top and not sink because it's loading with water. With the load they have, they're dumping everything. These guys, are they believe they're going to die. This is in the midst of doing God's will. Just doing God's will. Look at me. I'm going to see, I'm going to preach before Caesar. And everything around you says, y'all going to die. Do you, are you guys paying attention? He's on his destiny by the words of Jesus saying, you're going to witness. You're going to witness to the outermost parts of the world. You're going to witness to Jew and Gentile. You're going to witness for me, Paul. And now I told you, you're going to witness right before Caesar. You're going to Rome, buddy. Where's God? Why God allow the storm? Are we listening? Do we have ears to hear? Because it isn't about God. God is not in control of this stuff. This is the world we live in. You, you, somehow you got some religious, goofy teaching that think God's the one that's doing this. Or God's the one that stops it. And if you don't stop it, then it's God's will he allowed it. You don't know the Bible. And you follow countless majority of Christians that have these false doctrines about God. It isn't up to him. It's up to us. And Paul's saying, I'm going to Rome. That thing ain't falling apart. You know why? Because God, Paul's speaking, I'm going to Rome. This typhoon ain't going to stop me. I'm going to Rome. That's the power. The power's within you. The power's within you to start speaking to storms. 
It's like when the apostles were on the boat with Jesus. Jesus is asleep. The storm is terrible. They know they can die right now. We're going to die. Jesus, wake up. We're going to die. How do they know that? Because they've seen it. They know it's real. They know this storm, what's happening right now. We've already seen our friends, neighbors die. Jesus, wake up. Don't you care? We're going to die. What should they have been doing? Curled up next to Jesus. Curled up next to Jesus. I'm, I, forget the storm. I'm going right where he's at. I'm going to be in the midst of the storm. He's sleeping. What is the word of God to you? In the midst of the, to- in the storm, you should have that type of peace. That should be your peace. Because you know what his word said. His word said, we're going to the other side. You're going to the other side, boys. You're going to the other side. And that word should have been just rebounding in their head. Nah, nah, nah. Storm's bad. I know it's dangerous, but we're going the other side. We're going the other side. Are you guys hearing me? On the third day, they threw everything overboard. The storm wouldn't let up. It was so severe that they finally began to lose hope of coming out alive. They are totally in a place where we're all going to die. They've done everything they can naturally in the middle of a hurricane, and they're saying, we're dead. Then Paul comes up in the midst of all this turmoil and says, hey, an angel of the Lord came to me last night. He said, we ain't going to die. You listen to me. You do what I say. We're going to lose a ship, but we're all going to live. But you got to pay attention to me. You got to listen. And I don't know about you, but if I'm on a ship like that, and all, it just like we're, I'm thinking death. And I got this Paul guy talking to me this way, where he's carrying such a strength and a boldness. And I look at his eyes and I see no fear whatsoever. I'm like going, I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to listen to him. Okay. All right, Paul. All right. The centurion's like going, we're, we're with you, Paul. We're with you. Now look what happens. He says, the angel told me, don't be afraid, Paul. You're going to stand before Caesar. Everybody say, you're going to stand before Caesar. See, that's his word. Here he knows his word. His word is, you're going to stand before Caesar. I don't care what's coming my way. I don't care what hurricane's coming my way. I've got a call and a destiny that says, I will stand before Caesar. I will stand before Caesar. Ultimately, what happens? They, they, they get close to land. They throw on anchors because they're afraid they're going to run into some kind of rocks and everything. And they realize this ain't going to work. They keep measuring the ground and finding how close they are. They're literally in a place where, what, what are we doing? This isn't all of a sudden sunshine comes out and birds start singing because Paul spoke a word over them. It got worse. It didn't get better. It got worse. And literally the, the ship is at a place where like going, we got to cut all the anchors. We, we just got to hope for the best. And they cut all the anchors. And the Bible said they got rid of everything out the ship. Sometimes in the midst of storm, you got to start cutting some anchors. You got anchors holding on to people you ought to be holding on to. You got, you got things in your life you got to cut anchors to because it's ruining your life. Anchor's got to be cut sometime. Loosen the load of the negative things that are pulling you away from God, that are pulling away from what the Word of God says. If you don't, you will sink. Not might. You become a statistic. Stand up. 
for what that word says for you. Stand up for what this truth says about you. When you start standing, all hell breaks loose, but you stand. Just like Ephesians says, when you've done all the stand, you stand. Ultimately, it gets stuck on a sandbar. The front gets stuck and the whole back of the ship starts ripping up. The soldiers say, kill the prisoners. Because these guys, they're going to Rome. You don't take prisoners to Rome unless they're going to die. These guys were all murdered. They're all sentenced to death. And then you got Paul. Paul's going because he's going to appear before Caesar. So the soldiers like going, kill them all because they might escape. How crazy is that? The centurion says, no, we're not killing them because they didn't want them to kill Paul. He said, everybody jump in the water. The ship's breaking apart. Grab planks, grab wood, do whatever you need. There's, this, there's the island. Let's go to it. So they all, they're all jumping in the sea. They're holding on. They're grabbing things. They're swimming. Now think about that. You're in another shipwreck, Paul, number four. God's will is for you to see Caesar and you're swimming to some unknown island. Unknown island. You're swimming to it. I mean, wouldn't that be the time you're like, oh, where God? I thought you said I could see with Caesar. I thought with Caesar. Look at I'm swimming. I'm dog battling in the ocean. Where's God? Come on. And then you got church people on you. Yeah, I thought you, I thought you were going to do this. I thought we were going to do this. Do this. And then you got the they saying, yeah, they saying, where's your God now? I thought you said. What happened? Paul said, we're going to lose the ship, but y'all going to live. Just do what I said. And what happens? They all got to the sea. They all got to the beach. They all got to the beach. Now think about it. They're now safe. They're in this island. They're all safe. And when they get on this island, guess what happens? It starts pouring rain and it's freezing. It's raining and cold now. You're like going, what? what's going on? Where's the good that's supposed to happen now? I'm serving Jesus. And Paul gets on this island and they finally realize what island they're at. And the Bible says barbarians came to them and showed them not normal favor. And they built a fire for these guys. Now we know scripture, there's 276 people. 276 were on that ship. Can you imagine that? Now they're on this island. The barbarians, the barbarians, that's the scripture, barbarians. I know some translations say kindly people. No, they're barbarians, okay? And I remember Paul, even in the scripture saying, barbarian or Scythian, barbarian, slave or free. I mean, he's saying, you know, the gospel is going to be preached. It's going to be preached to all people. And so here they are in this island with these barbarians and, and, and it's cold and they got a fire going. So God, there, it's, it's nice right now of what's going on. And Paul, being the person that Paul is that I want to emulate, he realizes we need more wood on the fire. So Paul does what every good pastor would do. Y'all go get some more wood. Yeah, not at this church. So what does Paul do? He goes out, Apostle Paul, called by God to impact the world, goes out and starts picking up sticks. 
So we got so many people that want to say, I want to be a teacher, I want to be a leader. How come I don't have a title? You can't even pick up a piece of paper out there, a weed. You can't commit. You can't be involved. You, yeah, it's, it's so ugly how this society has created what produces importance. Jesus made it very clear. Be number one servant, be number one leader. And I know religious people hate this. They can't stand this type of language. But it doesn't matter. It's truth. Truth. What, it, it's what Jesus did. Greatest servant of all. Amen. And so what is why? He gets a big mass of sticks. He takes it to the fire and sets it on the fire. Once the heat of the fire hits the sticks, a viper attacks him. Bam! That viper was in the wood the whole time, and it got next to the fire, and it went, Woo! and it struck Paul, and it hit him on the arm, and it said it clanged on him. It wouldn't let go. It's pumping poison in him. The, all the barbarians look at him and go, Oh, there's justice. He must have murdered. He's going to die now. That's their belief system. He, he was saved from the sea, but he's going to die now. So Paul shakes it off into the fire. And they're like going, no, nah, he's going to be dying any second. They already know this viper. You get bit by a viper and you're going to die by it. It's going to die. You're going to die. You're going to swell up and start dying. You're just going to die. So they're looking at him, okay, when's he going to die? When's he going to die? Can you imagine? That, that's like, you know, you're, you, National Geographic right there. Okay, wow, the snake grabbed you. Okay, let's see. He's not dying. What, he, he, he's, getting, he's getting a coffee. What's he doing? <laughs> and what happens is they like going, he should already be dead. And then they go, oh, no, he's a god. He's a God. He's a God. He's God, man. God, man. God, man. They, that's how quick they went from murder, justice to God, man. God, man. They were barbarians. And so you look at this story and then what happens? The, the, the head guy that has this big, I guess a big home on that island, he comes down to them and says, hey, come with us. His father-in-law, his father-in-law sick. His dad's sick, dying. And Paul heals him. And the Bible says, and they brought everybody on the island that was sick, and Paul healed him. Crisis, crisis to a massive God move. In the midst of attack, in the midst of, where's your destiny? How can you not be for Caesar? Paul's using this time right now to make an influence on this tiny little island. What can we do? What are we going to do? We're in the midst of attack, but we're bowing to it. We're shipwrecked and we're drowning. Listen, I'm telling you, the word of God, your word, your, your position of, of being a, in the body of Christ, it relies on you being faithful and loyal and committed. Get involved here. Get involved with God. Get involved with out there in your workplace of, of being that light before people. Inviting people to this place. So you can't tell me, can you tell me this is a garbage word? That this ain't stuff that'll help people? I mean, is that what you feel in here? I don't believe anyone feels that way. Then you take this message. You tell this story. You probably do a better job than me. You probably get all, ah, yeah, you should have seen this happen and Paul was this way. It would be awesome. Let people know 
that there's something so much greater than what they think is out there. We have an awesome God. And that story of Paul shows me one thing, that his destiny is going to be fulfilled if you're brave enough, if you're bold enough to say it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So I might be having to tread water for a little bit. I might get a little snake bite. Whatever the case may be, I'm going to shake it off into the fire. And I'm going to keep moving forward. And I hope to God that y'all will be on that journey with me. I hope to God that I have people, a few people in here that they know what my word was then. And they've seen it fulfilled. And I know there are others in here. You've seen these things. And I'm telling you right now, you keep hanging on knowing that God's destiny and will is going to be fulfilled in this family. And I'm not talking about just me. I'm talking about us, us seeing this destiny fulfilled. I guarantee you, 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 man, I wish I could just show you so many more things, but I can't because it's beyond me and it's literally beyond me. I mean, it's just, it's not about me. It's about us and it's about a team that is going to rise up and make their papa proud. And I can't wait. I can't wait. Father, we thank you for the word and thank you for the truth, the word of God. And thank you so much for this information that will take us to another level. We believe in Jesus. We believe that he is the light of the world. And we believe that we are called to be that light because of him. I trust Jesus and I believe him and I accept him. He is my Lord and Savior. And because of that, I obey him. And I do it by believing his word. Submitted to his word, following his word, not religion, not Christianese, his word of life. And so, Father, we thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you so much for what you're doing in all our lives. And we are going to make an impact. The people in here that seen their lives as not relevant or not worthy enough, they're going to turn it around. And they're going to see the life as relevant and that they are precious and more valuable than they ever thought. And we're going to see that happen in their lives. And we expect it and we believe for it. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. Love you guys. Be blessed. See ya. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.